I'm going to continue with our, our, um, our love theme. Have you been enjoying this? It's really helping me a lot. Uh, you know, as <laughs> sometimes the most dangerous thing you can be in the kingdom is somebody that thinks that you've been around in the kingdom for a while. And that you don't have any changing to do. Uh, and, and we'll see this. Today is a very wonderful uh, uh, thing for us to look at. Because every, everything that keeps us from actually being able to, to change and to become what God is, is, is desiring for us to be is our perception of things. And sometimes we need an adjustment of that. We're going to look at this. Um, we're going to talk about boasting today. And it's just, you know, I've read through the first, first Corinthians 13 several times, and I, and I just didn't realize how much stuff that is, is there that we're not supposed to do. And, you know, we talked about it last week. It's kind of odd that you're describing something by what it's not. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes a person of character, you can start de- describing what they don't do. And it'll, it'll be a very clear description of who they are by what they don't do. And love has a very clear description by what it does not do. And sometimes I think we need God's perception of what that is so that we can put the mirror on ourselves. <laughs> My wife up here this, this morning. Yeah, one thing about getting older is, is, is like you, you lose <laughs> your concern with how you look a little bit, which doesn't help anybody around you. But I remember I grew up in the 70s and... Um, 70s was, uh, you know, they had these, what was that boy, boy band back then? The, um, no, they, they, boys in the 70s, your hair had to be cool. It had to be, you know, flowing, feathered, and, and you, couldn't, you weren't supposed to see ears. Ears were supposed to be covered up. You know, and so the, the full look, you know, and so I had naturally curly hair, which was kind of help, helpful in that regard, but boy, I would spend a long time with a blow dryer, just making sure, you know, it was all going the right direction and all that kind of stuff. Can you believe that? No. Now, you know how long it takes me to do my hair? Zip, zop, look at that, you know. I even cut my own hair with a... <laughs> With a suck back, yeah, <laughs> suck cut. It's like let's just get her done, you know. Let's let's don't worry about. It. So I'm up here this morning, and I guess my hair was out of place. My wife's looking back there, going, you know, fix fix stuff, fix stuff. <laughs> How did I? What was I talking about? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about boasting this morning. Let's just quit. Let's, 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 let's have some fun here today. All right, it's going to be good. Um, <laughs> I'm thankful I have hair. It's it's kind, of, it's kind of funny. So so mom mom might watch. I don't know if she does, but but it's 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 funny because my mom for for a long time she says, "Oh, Stephen, you just have such beautiful hair." She she compliments me on my hair. I know you haven't noticed my hair, but my mom does. <laughs> she she sees my hair. And she says, "Oh, Stephen, your your hair is just so beautiful." And I was really getting pumped up, you know, about that for a long time. And then I realized. She's lived all of her life with a guy that didn't have any hair. So any hair at all is like a big plus, you know. It, it looks good to have some hair there, you know. So anyway. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk today. and You know, it, this love thing, everything stems from love. 
Everything else in the Bible is, is, is in support of love. It's a demonstration. God's, God demonstrated his love towards us so much that he sent Jesus, right? We sang about that. This, man, we went on and on. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. What's the reckless side? That's his love. That's his stuff demonstrated towards us, right? And it wasn't just so we could say, yay, God, yay, God's love, yay, God's love. It's so that we could have his love, right? It, it does no good for God to love us if we don't take on that same nature. We've been given it. And so we've talked about this, that, that a, a baby is born with everything it's capable of becoming. But it has to grow up. It has to mature. <laughs> this is going to be good today, okay? I've, I've had fun with it already myself. So, so have fun with, it, with me, okay? Uh, all right, let's just get through these first ones. Just a little bit of review. You are nothing... <laughs> oh, that just reminded me of Hogan's Heroes there for a second. You are nothing. <laughs> All right, I'm fixing to have too much fun. <laughs> you gain nothing <laughs> apart from love. All right? Do you guys know who Hogan's Heroes is? Oh, okay. It was a prisoner of war camp in, in the Second World War, and, and there was a German officer, a great big German officer. He says, I see nothing. I, it was a German accent. So anyway. It, huh? It was, a, it was one of those sitcom things on TV. Okay. Anyway, you have to, now you can, you can Google it or YouTube it. They'll, they'll be, it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny. Well, you might not think because now you're 21st century, but anyway. Too much. To mature in love, and here's the thing, I just want to be challenged in this. Let's understand, oh, that's what my hair thing was about. <laughs> when you grow up, you, you, you let go of some things, right? You have to let go of some things if you're going to actually grow up. You know what? There's still some guys older than me that still like to blow dry their hair. It's like, grow up. Okay, with regard to this, have, have, has anybody seen that progressive commercial? And it's got this little kid, in, or this, this grown man riding in a, in a shopping cart, and he's knocking stuff off the shelves and everything. Have you seen that? I think that's funny. And it says, grow up, get your own insurance. It's kind of funny. And then, he, you know, he's sitting on the floor like it, it, in an abacus or something, playing with toys and stuff. You know, it's like, grow up. Get your own insurance. It's like, grow up in love. Quit acting like a baby. And sometimes you don't know you are. And it's a perception problem, right? So I want to go to God and I say, God, I'm going to come to you as a child now. Help me to grow up and not be a baby anymore, right? So I'm going to have to be willing to say, oh, God, let, show me what to let go. Because I want to let go. I don't want to be a baby with regard to love anymore. I want to grow up in love. And then, with love, when we saw this, that there's no clock involved. And these are just kind of some guidelines, some rules that we're looking at. When we're looking at everything else. Nobody ever does enough or qual uh, disqualifies themselves from being deserving of our love. It's just like what we sang about God's reckless love this morning. We never do anything that disables us from God's love, do we? So that's what he requires of us, too. It says, if you're going to love, you're going to do the same thing, right? No clock. 
no counter. It's like you go into Costco and you show them your thing and you see them go click. They're counting everybody. There's no counter with God. Amen? The needs of self are no longer considered. Okay? So here's the big battle that God is trying to get us through. Lose yourself. How do we come to Christ? How do we, how do we become a new creation in Christ? We have to let go of the old, don't we? <laughs> I'm a new creation. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things, all the old things are gone. Right? That's how love works too. We lose ourselves, and in everything that it's, there's a description of love, there is a direct correlation to loss of self. And it's a battle between self and love. And they don't get to coexist. Right? Okay. All right. I'm having fun so far. All right. So this is still in that fourth verse, and it says, it does not boast. So, if you took the not out of there, it would say it does boast, okay? So we'll, we'll kind of look at this when we're looking at the definition of this. And then in, in the Amplified Version, and I'm, again, so thankful for the women's expanded, is not boastful or vainglorious. What is vain? That's where you're thinking about yourself, right? Um, and we'll see how this works, okay? Um, now, I'm not going to try to say that. that. That looks like some kind of French word to me, but um, I'll have JP help me with that. No, it's, it's actually Greek, or I think it's Greek. Uh, to boast oneself, and this is the boast part, okay? To boast one's self. Now, we're going to look at, it, it's possible to actually have a positive kind of boasting, but what this is talking about is a self-boasting. This is something about me. Okay, And then a self-display employing rhetorical embellishments and extolling one's self-excessiveness. Okay? So that's what boasting is. And then I like this, this next one. This, they put this right in front of boasting, and it says a primary word, the absolutely negative adverb. Don't you like that? It's like the opposite completely. That means with love, there is no boasting. There's no self-promotion. And we'll see this. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this. You know, sometimes, have you ever had a habit that you didn't even know you had? There's a wonderful thing about recording yourself. Man, I go back and listen to my sermons, and, and it's, it's really good and it's really bad at the same time, except for it's good overall, okay? Because you don't realize you're doing certain things. You know, you're, you're doing things with your hands, you know. My wife is really helpful with me on these things. I, you're not supposed to do this. You know, there's just a lot of things you, you don't know you're doing. Words that you say until you go back and you listen to it and you think, mm, let's fix that, all right? And again, my hair thing, that's coming back to me too. You need the mirror. You need to be able to see what you're doing that needs to be changed, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> 
And the word of God comes along and it's a mirror and it says, if you're going to love, there is no boasting. And then you say, okay, God, show me where I am, please. And God says, okay, I'll show you now that you ask me, right? Now that you're willing to change. Because the, the battle is, and, and this is with performance too. The battle with, with musical performance is convincing somebody that what they are doing needs to be changed. A lot of musicians are so proud of the way they're playing something that they will not be fixed. No, don't you tell me to do it different. I'm already pretty secure in, in what I think about myself. And the whole rest of the world is saying, no, we don't like to listen to you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> anyway, okay. So, it, it's not just boasting. It's not boasting. There's no part of it at all that's allowed, okay? All right. So, Oops, you're not supposed to see that. Let me, let me do something here. Um, see if I can get this up in a different way. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, praise the Lord. Say, this is just exactly what I was looking for today. Yes, yes, okay. All right. Yeah, that'll help me out. All right. So, so I, was looking, I was looking for some information on this, and there was actually a TED Talk. Anybody familiar with TED Talks? They're kind of interesting. Somebody did this TED Talk, and, and, people, and they, they actually did a research on boasting. People that boast, and the people that have to listen to the boasting. And they, so they made two different groups of people, and they actually analyzed these, and, and they found out that what was really interesting was the person that was boasting had no understanding or perception of what the listener was actually going through. That their, that their perception was that that listener was enjoying it just as much as they were. <laughs> and what they didn't know, that it was actually inverse of that. The listener was going through pain. <laughs> and then the listener was having a hard time too putting themselves in the position of the boaster because they couldn't quite perceive they were, they were going through so much that they weren't able to empathize so what they called it they called this an empathy gap you know what empathy is? being able to put yourself in the position of somebody else and I thought that this is kind of cool with, with regard to love because love is an empathy. It's more about what the other person's going through than what you're going through, right? And actually, you know, you can, go through, you can find a lot of scriptures about boasting. I, I've got a few here today we're going to hit, all right? And it'll be really good. But, but what I saw in this, in this study was they said that there's an empathy gap. A big, you know, <laughs> there's generation gaps, there's... There's, there's all kinds of different, and, and, and to bridge that, what you have to do is let go of what you're going through in order to understand what the other person is going through, okay? So I thought this is interesting because we've all experienced this. In fact, I've, I've, have you ever gone, been in a conversation, and you get done with it, and you say, just keep your mouth shut in the future? You know what I mean? 
Have, have you ever been talking about something that's just really interesting to you? It's like, I've, I've climbed Kilimanjaro. And, um, and it's interesting, when I start telling somebody about that, it's, sometimes it's interesting how their eyes glaze over. Because they're just really not too impressed with what you've done. And you can almost see their wheels spinning about what they've done that they want to tell you instead. Have you ever experienced that? You know what I mean? Unless they've asked you. Unless they've drawn it out. So, what have you climbed? As if, you know, if they're already a climber, and they're going to be impressed by Kilimanjaro, well, then you might have luck there. <laughs> but for the most part, people just really don't care. You know what I mean? And by going on and on about this, what you're doing is focusing on yourself and you're not caring about them at all. And you're not in a position to empathize with what they're going through. And there might be something else that they're going through that you could actually help them with, but you're so consumed with yourself at that moment. Can you see this? And, and, and this is why it's put in a description of what love is. It's because maybe what you're wanting to say is not being a blessing to the person you're hearing, and you need a, a readjustment of perception, right? This is a growing up, isn't it? I thought about it. I'm giving you some examples here real quick. I thought about it with, with regard to little kids. You know, right now, because I'm trying to understand what boasting is. Why do we need this so much? There's an ego of, involved, isn't there? There's, and this is where I want to get to eventually with this today, is God wants to take care of this for us so that it's not something that, that we're being gratified by. The, 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 these, these habits that take place that, we, that require us to, to boast when we're not even knowing it. And so I'm thinking about Braden. Braden, man, I'm just so glad he came along. He's got a lot of illustrations for me, right? But here's the thing with Braden. I tell him all the time how awesome he is. I mean, over and over again. And to the point where now I say, Braden, you're the best boy in the world. He says, I know it. Every day you tell me that. And you know what? It's okay for him right now. He's still a kid. Why am I telling him that right now? Because I'm reinforcing in him an ego of an assurance of who he is. That I love him so much. And he's going to be so secure. Every day he's getting secured in that. When we drive him to school, we're, we, 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 he says memory verse, or he says uh, confessions after us. Um, I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He can say I'm all, all What's he do? What's the, are those boastings? No, they're reinforcements of who he is. Right? Here's the problem with the child. They get used to being told that they're cute, you know, <laughs> little kids get praised for going to the bathroom, you know? I mean, it's like, <laughs> they, get, they get pumped up for all kinds of things, right? And the problem is they grow up, and all of a sudden they're not getting praised for going to the bathroom, you know? <laughs> it's like, hello, everybody, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> and, you, and you don't get the response you got when you're a kid. But there's still that need to get some kind of gratification for who you are, Right? Let's see, they'll see. What am I going to talk about? And you come up with all kinds of things that are talking about you. Sometimes they can be, they can be false humility even. And they can come in, in veiled things where you're just talking about yourself and you don't realize that maybe that person doesn't want to hear what you're having to say. Does this make sense? And what this is, it's, it's, the, it's the nature that we've actually been given. It's an ego that, that's saying, 
I'm going to have to talk about me or nobody else is. You know what I mean? Now, when I was growing up, there's actually this, this phrase. I don't know if you've heard of this or not. It's, he that tooteth not his own horn, the same shall not be tooted. Have you ever heard that? You never heard that? You can Google it. It's actually a real phrase. But I remember my mom saying that, and I don't know what context she was saying that, because I'm not, it's like, Mom, why were you saying that? But isn't that kind of funny? And it's actually the reverse of what God, God's plan is. He that tooteth his own horn, the same shall not be tooted. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. So, I want, we're going to get into some verses real quick. Are you with me here? Are you excited about this? This is going to be so good. We're, going to, we're not going to be little babies at, you know, knocking stuff off the shelves. <laughs> Making a mess. So here's, here's this funny, and, and so I want to set it up a little bit because I, sh- I, I showed it to my wife. And she said, what's this talking about? So how many have known anybody that's, that's run a, a, a marathon? How did you know that they ran a marathon? They told you, didn't they? They might have posted it somewhere, too. Why, why do you run a marathon? So somebody can know that you run. What good would it do to run a marathon if nobody knew about it? And he's like, hi. We, we, even, we even met somebody at a dinner one time. And, and uh, so what do you do? I run marathons. I just, I just came from running 12 miles just now. It's like, well, that's good. Man, I'm impressed. What else do you do? Well, I run marathons. <laughs> so anyway, just, just to kind of put this in perspective, I, I got this little video, okay? And this is talking about somebody that runs a marathon and doesn't tell anybody. It's like a miracle. Okay. She never, she never mentioned anything, but I started to notice a pattern. Six runs a week, a long run every weekend. Eventually it just hit me. She was going to be the first person to run a marathon without telling anyone about it. (laughs) For years, running a marathon without telling anyone was actually thought to be physically impossible. With even the most private runners giving in to Facebook posts, Instagram sneakers, and self-congratulatory tweets anytime they ran in the rain. But Kim's incredible endurance and willpower left a mark on everyone who saw her. She had something special I had never seen before in a marathon. Modesty. I posted 12 photos of me watching her run the marathon. How did she do it? I'll never know. The statistics are incredible. 15 weeks of training and never once did she utter the phrase carbo-loading. I just said it, and I've only run a 5K, although I am in training for 10K later this fall. Despite multiple requests, Kim refused to be interviewed for this program, saying, why would I have talked about something that's not interesting to anyone else? But many of her fans still can't let it go. It almost seemed like she enjoyed running for its own sake. I mean, what? What? The whole point of running a marathon is being able to tell people that you run a marathon. Otherwise, just go for a long run. And the impact of Kim's run still resonates with fans continuing to visit the site of that momentous day. This is where it all went down. The finish line was right over there. You could imagine the crowd roaring, the runners high. 
And she got in her car and she drove away. Sorry. Unexpectedly emotional. Just gonna put it on Twitter and Instagram. Maybe Facebook. And Snapchat it to a few people. Email my college roommate. Everyone's gotta see this. So, wasn't that funny? I thought that was hilarious. <clears throat> okay. So, that's, that's not coming against marathoners, but <laughs> it does kind of show you something that you might not have thought about before, is even what you're doing all the time, and, and Facebook has, has made it a, a real easy to do that, and it, and it might not all be boasting, but, but there's a side of need, needing to be able to say who I am so that you'll know who I am kind of a thing, right? Um. So let's just look at, at some scriptures here finally, all right? <laughs> Jeremiah 9, 23. And this is actually quoted in the New Testament. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast of their strength, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts, see, so that it's possible to boast, but it's not of them, right? Boast about this that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. So it says, if there's something about you, and this is, this is a huge challenge, isn't it? <laughs> if there's something that you're going through in your life, he just named three, three departments here. But it could be a lot of different things, couldn't it? Anything that's a big deal to us, what are we talking about? What are we magnifying? What are we exalting? That's why it's good to come together and magnify the Lord with me. Amen? We're going to end with this because it's not, it's not bad to boast, but it's bad to boast about me. Because love is disabled when there's a self-focus, Right? All right. So, Proverbs 27, 1, 1 through 2. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. It's easy to, to, to broadcast what we're planning on doing. And if it's, if it's, a, if it's a, uh, a strategy for planning, that's not a bad idea. But if it's just to let people know so that you're looking for that twinkle in their eye that, man, they're impressed by me, by what I'm going to do. Remember, there's, Jesus gave, a, uh, he, he gave a, an example of this. Remember where the, the guy built storehouses, filled them up with stuff and said, you know, I'll build more storehouses so that we can build them up. And he said, and, and, and Jesus said, you don't know what, what tomorrow brings because you could die tonight. And all that stuff that you put so much value in is worth nothing. Right? It says, let someone else praise you and not your own mouth. An outsider and not your own lips. Now, this, this looks like a self-condemnation thing. And I want to keep it in the context of what love is. Because what's happening, again, with this study that we've looked at, um, 
What's, what's taken place with boasting is a disabling of love. Let's keep this in mind as we're going forward. When, when your lips are declaring something about you, what it's doing is taking you out of a position of love. Keeping this in mind, all right? Love does not boast. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this is not from yourself. It is the gift of God not by works, so that no one can boast. What is the most valuable thing in your life? What's the most precious thing to you? And this is important. Is our salvation? If, if it really is, then that will be something that's already secured. You don't have to actually proclaim it necessarily. It's good to declare who you are, but not in a self-boast because you didn't get that on your own. It wasn't something you achieved. In fact, you could be the most wonderful person in the world. You could be, a, what's his name, Musk? Um, Elon Musk. You could, you could be him. How many would like to be him? <laughs> you could be the, the most intelligent, the most physically built person in the world, and, and who you are is no better than the person that just knows Jesus. It's like at a... Uh, the scripture we just read. Knowing who you are, what we have in Christ is more valuable than anything else. If that's true, then it would really be good to acknowledge that. And as soon as you do, whatever you've accomplished yourself, how many fancy cars you've come up with, all these, all these inventions you might have come up with are not going to be what consume you when you go to meet somebody and you want to tell them who you are. Say, so you know who I am? I'm in Christ. And anything that I am beyond that is just by grace. Amen? This is the position we've been put in in Christ. 2 Corinthians. Now, remember, Paul, he's talking here. He said, you know, some of these yahoos out here, all they do is go around telling you who they are, what they've done, this, that, the other. He said, I'm going to step out here in a place that I don't ever go because it's not love, but I'm just going to show you that I could, right? This passage he's talking about. And, and if you want to read the whole thing there, he kind of goes into some detail of everything that he's done. He said, you know what? I, I, I'm in the same position as who they are, but you, what I like to boast about is what I am not without Christ. Because it's, it's when it's weak that I'm strong in him. It's not something that I'm going through. It's not anything about myself other than what Christ is in me in spite of me. Right? And it's not false humility because I'm, I'm, I can't even believe what I'm talking about it right now. That's kind of what he's saying, right? To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. What, whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast about it. But then he goes down to the 30th. If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. If I'm going to boast about anything, it's going to be what God can do with somebody that's like me. Amen? So that when we get done talking here, you're going to be impressed by God and not me. Amen? What's the best thing we can, we can be for somebody? We can, we can represent God to them, right? And that's what love is. Galatians 6.14. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through 
which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Man, this is spelling it out, isn't it? What I would like to boast about is that I'm nothing. (laughs) In fact, I'm dead to the world. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Right? I've been crucified to the world and the world to me. I no longer live to that. What comes out of my mouth is a declaration of who I am in Christ. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. And this, this, this goes right to that song we were singing, wasn't it? The, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Uh, how it chases me down. Uh, fights till I'm found. Leaves the 99. I did not deserve it. I did not earn it. It was given to me freely. Right? What is that? That's a complete... Ripping away of boasting completely. And that's what love is, right? And what that, what that does when you put yourself in that position, as soon as you're boasting, what, what's taking place with a boast? It's the elevating yourself so that somebody else will look up to you, right? And what does love do? It puts yourself underneath somebody so that somebody else can feel lifted up. Amen? That's why boasting cannot happen where there's love taking place. So he says, who were you in the first place? Did you do anything to get here? He says, not many of you are wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose which things? The foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may do what? Boast before him. I like that. It says to nullify. Again, that's not a real common word that we use all, every day. I'd like to just nullify something, right? What does that do? It, it renders it absolutely worthless, right? The choosing of God of us, when that becomes revelation to us, this is the reckless love of God throwing himself out on us because we don't deserve it at all. Everything that we could boast about in ourselves, he's not impressed by us. It didn't do a thing to get us into his presence. Right? <laughs> and so, when, we're, when, when it nullifies everything about us, it enables us, with regard to somebody else, to nothing that they've done to be worthy of our love. We just lift them up because of who we've been made to be lifted up in. Amen? Can you see how boasting has to be just done away with? 
So what, what, what happens, and we, we talked about this, where does boasting come from? It comes from this need to be gratified in our ego of who we are, right? And when we're talking about something, we don't even realize it. What we're doing is, is making sure that that part of us is being taken care of. And here's what God comes along and he wants to do is to say, it's not anything just about who you are in your own strength, and it's actually liberating because we don't have to do anything to achieve it. Now he says it's because of who I've made you to be in Christ. You have every, you have all my love. You have everything that you need to be. Amen? And you get so full of that that you're not needing. Your appetite for ego is already filled up. Right? So that when you get around somebody else, you're not concerned about yourself anymore and your little tutor that needs to be tooted. Right? You're looking to toot somebody else's horn. Right? And so then actually when you get around somebody, and, and you, you remember I was talking about that, 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 that empathy gap? Because you know there's people out there. Okay, so I was at the gym the other day. Actually, it's been really interesting to me how very consistently this happens. I like to go sit in the sauna, and I'll sit in there for 20 to 30 minutes, and I'll get over right there next to the heater. I like to just sweat, and sweat drips off of you, and it's just sweaty. So it's been really interesting because, you know, there's a lot of people that go to Gold's Gym, and, and Timing, I mean, that you would be in there in, in the same period of time as somebody else, it's just not that all the probability isn't all that high, right? Well, there's this guy that, I mean, very consistently, I've, I've been in there for about five minutes, and this guy comes in. And he's, he's a little bit older than me, and he's been swimming. I know he's been swimming. Uh, because he, he has these uh, water shoes on. And part of his thing is he comes with a, a towel wrapped around everything, you know. And, and he's, he's a little bit kind of... Anyway. Um, and he comes in and part of his... Right when he comes through the door, he starts talking. And he's been in the military. And, he's, and he knows all about these men, you know... Interesting, really interesting things. And, he, and while he's telling me all this stuff, he's taking his water shoes off and thumping them against the side of the thing and, and never stops talking for a second. You know, I've tried to get a word in edgewise once or twice, but that wasn't a good idea. <laughs> because you know where he's at? He's in his zone. He's letting me know who he is. He might not appear to be much right now, but he was. And you need to know what he's been through. And it is interesting if I empathize with him. Because you know what? That guy needs to hear me. I don't need to be offended by his boasting. I don't need to be the one that's the... If I can lose myself for a minute and say it's not about what I'm going through right now, it's what this guy's needing to hear. He needs somebody just to listen to him. And you know what? He doesn't stop talking until he gets... He always gets up and... I. I, can I boast for a second? <laughs> I always beat him on staying in there a little bit longer. <laughs> All he's wanting to do is warm up from going swimming, I guess. I don't know. But, but anyway, but you, can you see what I'm saying? There's a side for us on both sides of the element to not be the boaster, but to also not be the offended when there is somebody talking. 
To not be the one that their eyes glaze over, but the one that who has an interest in somebody. Because what, what you're hearing from somebody in that is that I need to be heard. I need to be loved. I need to be cared for. Right? What does God do with us all the time? He listens. He says, I love you the way you are. I care for you the way you are. So there's this, this role in this whole boasting thing for us to be winners on both sides of it. And to be letting go of the childish thing of talking about ourselves. But then to also not be offended or go, I know I just told this story about this guy, but I'm not holding it against him. You know what I mean? I'm just as an illustration. Rather than being offended by somebody and being the one that's thinking low of somebody because they talk. Right? God chose, did I already talk about this? Yeah, I did. This is the second half. All right. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Here's the wonderful thing about what we, Paul talks about this, doesn't he? <laughs> He's talking about it right here. We've been given the right to do anything in Christ, haven't we? We've been set free from condemnation. We... Except for where it has to do with somebody else. And here's this whole here's here's this whole reasoning, I believe, for the boasting side of this. You have the right to just tell everybody about yourself. You have the right to be a, to walk away when somebody's trying to tell you about themselves. But every time you do that, where is your focus? Your focus is on yourself, isn't it? And when it comes to love, you lose the right to, to think about yourself. Can we be together on that? I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. What, for who? And here's, here's the wonderful thing about love. It quits putting the emphasis on what is beneficial to me and places it much higher on what is beneficial to the one that I'm around. Right? I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. So I believe this is why this not boasting is placed right in the description of love. Because it says, okay, let's, let's don't worry about feeding your own ego anymore. Because the other one... It's going to be magnified, lifted up in its need to be constructed, in its need to be benefited. Amen? Aren't you glad that God came along and in his love did? In singing about this today, again, let's don't let this just be about God's love. Let's let it be a mirror for us to begin to see us in that same regard. I think that's what it's for. So that we're transformed by the renewing of our perception from being a child to being somebody that's not impressed by who we are as much as we're impressed by who we're helping. Boy, this will help us. Amen? Philemon 1, 6 through 7. And we're going to end here, okay? Are, are we good? Has this been good? And I like the amplified version of this. 
So I think it kind of puts it all together for us. It says, and I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus and unto his glory. So what is, what is it saying here? And I'd, I'd like to just... Um, remember what, what Paul was saying? He said... Um, oh, Drata, what, what, what was that? He said... Um, um, oh, it was, it was in the Old Testament. It said, let not the wise boast in, in their wisdom. Let not the rich boast in their riches. But let him that boasts, boast in their understanding of me. Right? And what I like about this passage, it's kind of reflecting on that, isn't it? It says that you may produce full recognition and appreciation and understanding. This is more important than anything else, isn't it? But what I like about this is this isn't just that you would, and I've done this before. I've, I've, I've considered this passage and I've, I've, I've quoted it and I've meditated on it and say that I may... Um, by the acknowledging of every good thing, and I've said this in the King James, I like, I like how that says, of every good thing that is mine in Christ, right? But this doesn't say just mine. This is a together thing, right? It says, full recognition. Again, I don't want a partial recognition. I want a full. And appreciation. What's that? Evaluation. This is more valuable to me than anything else. And understanding. And understanding is not just a, a, an opinion. It's a recognition of actual truth. Can we look at it that way? It's a recognition of actual truth. Not just, not just your opinion about stuff. Because a lot of times your opinion is very self-generated. Right? Boy, I tell you this is good. And precise knowledge of what good things Every good thing that is ours. What are, we, what, are we, what are we saved into? What are we born again into? We're born again into a body, right? And now, everything about me that might be of worth is actually the very same thing in you that is of worth. Amen? This is actually really good. This connects it for us so that God help me to under, help me to see this because when I'm looking at somebody else now who they are is directly related to who I am I've been given the very same salvation as they do so now if they are if, if I'm going to grow it's going to be because they're growing because we're a body together we care for each other we're 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 joints and marrow together amen so now I lose just trying to lift myself up because I can't lift myself up without lifting you up. This is good. That is ours. Our identification. Not mine. Our. Together. And unto his glory. Who's needing to be glorified? Me? My tutor? Or God. 
Amen? All right, just a little bit more. Hang in here. For I have derived great joy and comfort and encouragement from what? He's just been describing an understanding of who you are and how together we have been given things in Christ. What has this done? This has established our ego in a place to where it doesn't need to be gratified by anything that we declare to somebody else anymore. Amen? And now we're in a position to lift each other up. Amen? It doesn't say that somebody else shouldn't praise you. It just says don't let that be you. Right? What are we in the body together to lift each other up? Now, what's my position? To lift you up. If I'm so busy trying to tell you who I am, I can't lift you up. There needs to be praise coming from our lips for each other. It's not a bad thing to praise somebody. It's not going to hurt them. It's not going to bring their their ego down. God praises us all the time. Amen? He says, I want you to lift each other up. How do you do that? Man, you look good today, Daniel. I know it's not common knowledge, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're not as pretty as your wife, but you're handsome in a way she can never be. All right. Was that said right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For I have derived, don't you like this? Paul said, I get great joy and comfort and encouragement from your love. This is love being demonstrated. As we come to an understanding that is precise knowledge of who we are together, it's love now being demonstrated. He said, I'm getting great joy from you demonstrating that, right? Because the hearts of the saints who are your fellow Christians have been cheered and refreshed through you, my brother. You haven't told them how great you are. And so now they can be lifted up instead. Amen? And I've gotten really encouraged by that. You're not... You're not trying to impress people about who you are. You know, you go on and on with this. Who does God really like? Who does he respond to? The humble, right? Now, the humble aren't disabled in their egos. No, they're completely satisfied in their egos. They know who they've been made to be, and now they don't have to tout it anymore. Now, they're they're not saying, look who I am. They're saying, look who Christ is in me. And because they they are that way, they can draw near to God. Because he, he, he resists the proud. Who are the proud? Look what I've done. Right? Pride and boasting go right together, and we'll, we're going to get to that too, right? But So what has Christ done for us? In his love, he's enabled us to no longer just be about us. The best, the best team members on, on teams, and I know they're told to do this a lot of times, but you, you've heard team members say that. They, they go to interview them after the game, and they said, you know, I just, I, I couldn't have done this without my team members. But then you hear other people say, well, my team members were there for me. And, um, you know, it was about them. It's like everybody was there for them. 
so that they have, have you notice what I'm talking about? There's two different ways. Of, and which one is the, the most beneficial? The one that is there for his team. And he couldn't have done anything without them. And I think that's what, what we're called into. It's like it's not about me telling you how great I am and how much you're there for me. Can you see how this strengthens us? I mean, for me as a pastor, you're not here for me. I'm here for you. Amen? And that's what I am. And it's liberating. Amen? I, I, I can't be offended. I can't be, I can't be rejected. I'm just here for you. And I can love you with all my heart that way. Because we're in this together. Father, we thank you that Jesus humbled himself to such a great degree so that we could be one with him. Lord, I thank you for your plan that you didn't you, you let go of, of the requirements of the law so that, that it wouldn't be about what we did anymore, about what we didn't do. But you came in and, and you made us new and just out of your pure love towards us. You lifted us up. You loved us. You said it's not about who we are, what we've done at all. And you cared for our ego in a way that our mouths could never do. Lord, I pray that in us today would be established this understanding. This boasting that is legitimate. That in our hearts, when we're considering who we are. And the value of who we are. That it's established in the body that we've been called into. It's so much more valuable than anything that we could do, Lord God. And I pray that it would, you'd help us in our perception of this, that we would grow up. That we would grow up from feeling like we have to care for other people's impression of, of us. By what comes out of our mouth. And that, Father God, that there would be a capacity for God to be glorified. As we are liberated in our hearts from a self-focus to one that emulates Jesus. <laughs> Lord, I just pray that today that there would be a, an adjustment in us. Lord, we want to be the ones that are being transformed today and I thank you thank you that you're doing it in me father that the entrance of your word brings light so that there can be change changes every time father God from glory to glory from our glory to your glory so that the purpose of Christ can be fulfilled in us hallelujah God, this has been a precious, precious time in your presence today. Lord, we praised you with our hearts. Lord, in doing so, we've been drawn into a place where 
any spirit of heaviness has had to leave. And our focus has been lifted off of ourselves to the one who loves us so greatly. And in that lifting of our vision from ourselves, Father, there has been a, an opening and a door and a, and, a, and a pulling back of the shades for your light, of your truth to come in and, and for us to gain understanding and appreciation for what is the truth in Christ, who we really are, and how we're really connected to our brothers and sisters. Help us to grow in this, Lord God. So that we're not ravenous <laughs> to be broadcasting something about ourselves, And we're in position to be a listening ear, to be a caring heart. And for our, the love of God to be shed abroad through us for your glory. Lord, I pray this in the name of Jesus. And I pray that in each one of us there would be a, a yielding and an adjustment made. We give you glory for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.